Hey, I'm James. Welcome to a safish space to listen to some scary stories. From true crime to urban legends and whatever comes between, let's take this time to dive into something dark and see what twists and turns these stories have for us. I would like to welcome you to the I Know What You Did Last podcast. After you. to our Devil's Night finale. I know we were all expecting a double feature, but we couldn't send off Spooky Season without one last surprise. So here is a trilogy of terror awaiting you all tonight. I hope you're ready. We're going to start off with our third urban legend story so far. And as always, the title of this legend can be found at the bottom of the description, but for those that haven't heard it before, for mystery's sake, we don't put it in the actual title. Let's get started with our first tale of the night. If you're currently parked in your car somewhere, I'd recommend heading inside before we start. Grab your snacks on the way and lock that door behind you, please. It's a hot summer's eve for Kevin and Cassandra, two high school students who were living the dream. They had just left a baseball game and were headed to have ice cream with some friends, but decided to detour to a popular spot known as Lover's Lane. It was an off-the-road parking area where the young'uns would often go to have some private time with their loved ones. The local authorities never bothered them too much. It was a small town, and it was a safe spot for the kids to just be kids. Kevin and Cassandra would pull in and park, noting that there is only one or two other cars there, and they shut the vehicle off. Cassandra pouts. She wants to listen to music, and she wants the AC on, so Kevin obliges and turns the car back on. Cassandra turns the music and the AC up, and before you know it, the magic was happening. Shortly after, Kevin and Cassandra would head off to meet their friends, Matt and Holly. They pulled into the ice cream shop and got out of the car, and Kevin immediately gets visibly upset. All along the side of his car has been scratched. Like, deep scratched. He has no idea when it could have happened, and he assumes someone keyed his car at the game and he just hadn't noticed. He was pretty distracted with Cassandra after all. Matt's girlfriend, Holly, makes a joking comment about how Kevin's dad will probably just buy him a new car anyway, and they all head inside for some food. The night finishes without a hitch, and all four of them head home. Kevin would go on to tell Matt the next day at school about how well it went with Cassandra at Lover's Lane, and that he thinks he should bring Holly there. Matt's parents are pretty protective of the family vehicle, and wouldn't be okay with Matt being gone with it so long. But, being a real pal, Kevin offers to let Matt use his car for the weekend to take Holly on a date. The weekend slowly but surely arrived, and all four of these friends went to a movie. As the movie was ending, Kevin tosses Matt the keys and asks him to drop Cassandra and himself off at the ice cream shop that they all loved, and that they would wait there for Matt and Holly until they were done at Lover's Lane. It was a really kind gesture from Kevin, and Matt was ecstatic. He shouldn't be, though, because nothing good would come of this. Matt and Holly dropped them off and leisurely strolled to the other side of town to park at Lover's Lane. It sat atop a cliff and overlooked the entire city. Once they arrived, they parked off to one far side. Holly did notice that there were no other cars here tonight and felt a slight twinge of unease. But the two brushed it off and turned the radio up. There was a news broadcast on, so Matt changed the station to try and find something better suited for the mood. Every single station had either a commercial or some kind of a news announcement. 
so they grab a cassette out of the glove box and throw it in. It wasn't but a few minutes before Holly thinks she sees something. Off in the distance, one of the bushes was moving against the wind. Matt chalks it up to girls being girls, tells her she's safe, and they forget about it. They would go about their business until they could hear almost like a slow, dragging, scratching noise. Holly asks Matt what he thinks it could be, and he isn't sure. He starts to wonder if whoever had scratched Kevin's car was doing it again, but there was no one else up here with them. The noise had stopped, but Matt had to check. He opens the door, steps out, and notices that the scratches are deeper than before. Someone had just scratched Kevin's car. Matt jumps back in the car and locks the door. He is spooked, and so is Holly, and they both agree that they should leave. As they are about to drive off, they both see a hooded figure off in the distance, and no sooner could they realize what they were seeing, a rock would land on the windshield, cracking it. Matt felt rage now, not fear. Who was this guy, hiding in the bush just vandalizing cars? Matt goes to step out and Holly begs him not to, and to just drive away. Matt felt he had to show his courage in honor of Kevin's car and Holly's safety, and demands Holly stay in the car while he goes out there. Against Holly's cries, that is exactly what Matt did. Holly watched as the hooded man faded into the distance and as Matt jogged in the same direction. She waited for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. Why would Matt leave her this long? She was terrified, and the cassette they had been listening to was a rock and roll one and was making her anxiety worse, so she shut it off and switches to the radio. Every hair on Holly's head would tingle and spike as she listened to that radio. The news broadcast they had avoided earlier? It was a local warning that a very dangerous man had broken free from an institution a week earlier and hasn't been located yet. He is extremely dangerous and everyone should be careful. And then, the description of the man would further terrify Holly. It said that the escaped man was last seen wearing a black hood and had a hook as a hand. He had been guilty of using this hook to vandalize cars before brutally murdering the occupants. The previous week, Kevin and Cassandra were just moments away from being killed before they had driven off. And unfortunately, they had sealed Matt and Holly's fate by sending them there. Holly opened the car door and called for Matt but there was no call back, just silence. Holly would wait there for what felt like almost an hour before deciding that she would have to do something. She knew it couldn't be good and not willing to drive off leaving Matt alone, Holly steps out of the car and heads towards where the two had last been seen. She continues to call for Matt while making her way down a trail, but still no response. No other cars or teens had arrived since they got there and she felt eerily alone. This feeling gets the better of her and it concludes her search mission. She decides to head back to the car, she had been looking for Matt for close to 20 minutes and decides the best bet is to drive the car back to town and call the police. She heads back to the car, noting that the headlights had been turned off. She couldn't see a single thing. Hoping the battery isn't dead, she jumps in the driver's seat and locks the door. The ignition had been turned off, but she left the car running when she went to find Matt so who turned the car off? As she put her hands on the keys, she notices they're actually gone. It's then she would hear a slight, tiny scratching noise. This time, it was on the roof of the car, and it was kind of dragging back and forth above her head. She looks outside, but she can't see anything in this pitch black. 
She manages to find a lighter in the car door pocket and tries to muster up any courage to step out of the car and check the noise. What if this is Matt playing a prank on her? What if he's just on top of the car trying to scare her? She couldn't drive off and risk hurting him. She flicks the lighter and jumps out of the driver's seat to confront Matt and let him know that his prank didn't work and she wasn't impressed. As she jumps out of the car and her eyes adjust to the low light from the lighter, she would see an unnerving sight, one that she was not prepared for. Hanging from a tree above the car was a naked and decapitated body. The body's feet were just barely touching the roof of the car, and the toenails were making an ever so slight dragging noise as the body swayed back and forth. Holly let out a primal, almost carnal cry as she jumped back in the car. She locked the doors and looks forward, having no idea what to do next. Right in front of the car is the hook man. She can't see any features, just a silhouette against the moon. He raises his one hand, and she can see the moonlight gleaming off of the car keys. He raises his other arm, and she sees the same gleam of moonlight on a giant, blood-covered hook. Dangling from the hook, she would realize, is Matt's head, and that it was indeed Matt on the top of the car making that scratching noise. Except it wasn't a prank. Matt had been viciously decapitated by the hook man, and Holly was next. Neither team would arrive for ice cream that night, and police would find the scene the next day. Matt's body was still hung up above the car, and Holly's decapitated body was found just feet away from the car. Neither head has ever been found, and neither has the hook man. And that is going to be what happened last in the urban legend commonly known as The Hook or The Hook Man. This is another urban legend that is commonly referenced in mainstream media and it comes in varying forms. As always though, I like to deliver the version that I find particularly the scariest, and so here you have it. Growing up, I could 1000% see my friends trying to prank me in some way just like this, so I don't fault Holly for trying to figure out what was going on, but I don't think I'd have spent as much time as she did. I wouldn't have ever gotten out of the car. I think I would have driven off and at least went and got my friends or went to the police. But hindsight is 2020, and I probably would have ended up as a head on a hook anyway. I hope you guys enjoyed this urban legend. It's one of the earliest ones I had ever heard, and it will always be one of my favorites. Thank you guys for listening, and I wish you well as you navigate your way through tonight's episodes. If you need to take a break before moving on to the next, don't go park in the woods for a hookup and just take a few minutes to check your car for scratches before you come back. The emoji for this episode is going to be the bat emoji. So make sure you leave that as a comment somewhere on the gram. That way you can be entered into the giveaway to win some merch in January. On that note, I trust you can see yourself out, right? Thanks for listening. And until next time.